Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. Hi. Hi. That is Jonah, Brad, and Stephen. Oh, well, you're Jonah. Like, yeah. you have to give the proper pronoun for you. Sorry, that that noise threw me off. <laughs> is that me? Is that my computer? I think it was you got an email or something. Mm. No, it's no big deal. I mean, you're, <laughs> no, you're a busy it guy. It's a, it's a 21st century. It's a modern age. I know. Hey, man, I'm, I'm multitasking. I got to get over this. You're multitasking. We're recording an intro right now while my children are downstairs eating lunch and I'm waiting for another parent to come by and possibly try and sell me something Amway style. So we'll see how this goes. Would they like to be in on the uh, podcast? Yeah, I hope not. I'm in a really weird situation because like, I'm the one stay-at-home dad of everybody at the preschool. So it's like all these other moms can like, go hang out. But if I say, hey, let's go do something, I'm creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, man. We've got, there's some playground dads that hang out with the moms in my neighborhood, but this is Manhattan. Maybe Jersey's different. I don't know, man. This is, I can't, in Princeton, it's like, <laughs> we just had a fundraiser for the school and to, to show what kind of preschool these kids are in, the it, there was like a silent auction and then a real auction. And the real auction, they hired the host, one of the hosts from Antique Roadshow. Oh, Wow. And I'm sitting there going, oh, we're the poor people at the school. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I was trying to bet. We had our auction. We had the same thing at our school. And I, I was like hitting up Converse for some gift certificates to auction off. Meanwhile, one of the engineers here, he goes to like the richest school in Manhattan. And, you know, like he got Philip Glass to give a, a concert and sold tickets. Like, But did they have anyone from Antique Roadshow there? <laughs> No, you win. You know what I have to say to him? <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. His school, that school has so much money. You know what else who else goes there is the kids of um what's his name? Who's the, like the biggest comedian right now in the world? Louis CK? Yeah, Louis CK's kids. So like I know Louis a girl CK, who teaches there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're flush with cash. That's that's where he bitches about the common core curriculum, that school. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, today on the podcast, we have a guest. His name is Mike Kinsella. Oh. And he was here in town with his band American Football, who played like 85 sold-out shows in New York. And Mike also plays um, in Owen, Owls, 
there, there, there with Evan from Into It Over, who's just on here. He was in Joan of Arc. He was in Captain Jazz. He's been in pretty much every seminal kind of emo. I was going to say, if he's in Captain Jazz, it's like, that's a good launching point. Yeah. That, I, I always forget that he was in Captain Jazz because that was Me too. So and so you ago. just said it. I was like, oh shit, that's him. Okay, well, I, I think got those it. guys were all so young when they were in that band. Like they were like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. That's a good age to be in a band to like kind of start something because you haven't heard anything. So you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But it's crazy, like we talk about in the podcast. I was like, how weird is it to like listen to the band you had when you were fifteen now and have people like be into it? Like and, like and, the and, band I was in when I was fifteen sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's not a small club. But but <laughs> Jonah, let me ask you a crazy question. When sure. he plays in New York, do you think he sells shirts? Why did they not sell shirts? No, I'm just wondering if they did, because as if you guys have been listening, you know that we now have a cool screen printing merch company sponsoring our podcast. Oh. <laughs> what do you think of that? I think if they need some shirts, we know where they can get yeah, them. If, if they need yeah. some, some really good segues, they, they should talk to you and not me. Because I have <laughs> like no right. idea what you were saying. Yes, That's right. You can pick up that ball and run with it. You can go to Commonwealth Press to get some t-shirts or hand screen posters. They have stickers. They have hoodies. All things you would find at your favorite rock show or, or any kind of show. I, I, I guess they don't differentiate between genres. Could we get stuff? It's, to, it's, could we get like the school logo for me to sell at the next auction for my daughter's school? I bet you could. You could go to their website, cwpress.com slash podcast. And if you do order from that specific link, they're going to add an extra half dozen shirts to your order. So that link again, cwpress.com slash podcast. These guys have been doing it for over 15 years. Hallelujah. Yeah, they're in Pittsburgh and they're real big supporters of, of going off track. Like they're fans of the podcast. So that's all. Which we like. And yeah. thanks for being our first sponsor, dudes. Yeah, thanks guys. But yeah, get those shirts because if a bunch of people order them, then it'll look like we have a lot of listeners. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, but yeah, so yeah. So today, Mike's on the podcast. He's an awesome dude. He's been in every cool band. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, Mike Kinsella. It's going on track! Uh, hey, and welcome to Going Off Track. Uh, today, our guest is Mike Kinsella. Um, hey, Mike. Hello. And you're here with American Football. Also mm-hmm. been in Owen, Joan of Arc, a ton of other bands. And Brian Cook from Russian Circles. Hello. Guest hosting again. <clears throat> Doing my best. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so you're here with American football. You got in last night. Yep. Um, we're drinking some beers. I'm not. I feel kind of lame. What did you do? What did you do this morning? I <laughs> <laughs> give us a recap. Okay, woke up. I like woke up nine thirty. I was like, I got like half hour to do stuff. So I meditated for twenty minutes, and I was talking about Gigi Allen, with my friend Liz last night, and I was like, I really want to listen to Gigi, and then it like totally shifted my mental state. So then I thought, like, maybe some marijuana would kind of even things out, but it just kind of heightened it. <laughs> and then I showed up here looking crazy. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. You looked a little crazy. You looked yeah. a little shell-shocked. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm like, easing into it. Yeah. So We'll make uh, it a safe space for you. Yeah, it feels very safe. You guys have a really, really positive, positive energy this morning. <clears throat> I uh, hear that all the time. Yeah. No, I don't hear all the time. <laughs> Uh, so this is, you have three shows this weekend that all sold out like super fast. Yeah. Are you excited? I mean, what's that like? I mean, it's been so long, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. I can More than anything. Yeah, we, we kind of announced or planned on one and it sold out. And we're like, well, let's add another one. And then that sold out. And then, 
We just added another one. Is that really how it works? Because I feel like that's what I thought. And then like someone who manages a lot of band was like, no, no, no. Like they were like when tickets go on sale way in advance or when they do stuff like that, they're like, let's see how this sells. And then if this sells, we'll add another one. If this sells. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. We all had the weekend blocked off. So were you, see what, were you, you know? like, but you were like, ah, uh, who knows? Like, oh, I, it's I mean, not it, like it a was sure an, thing. Yeah. I was, I mean, I honestly was like, who knows? It's <laughs> so it? wild. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing, yeah, the whole thing's weird. Definitely. More than anything else. Um, and fun. It's more fun than I thought it'd be, like, playing the music. I sort of was like, oh, it's like, you know, I have to get in, get up in front of people and, <clears throat> like, look at a high school yearbook for an hour. And I thought that would, like, suck, but <laughs> it's actually fun. People seem to like it, you know, so it's cool. Have people been bugging you about doing this for a long time? Yeah. I mean, not bugging so much. It's sort of at, at Owen shows. I think shows. I'm projecting. I feel like whenever everyone asks me anything, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> You mean this podcast? Yeah, people yeah. be bugging yeah, me. Yeah, people podcast, bugging you to fucking come by here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, at Owen shows, everybody would, you know, if I have fifty people who like what I do solo, they'll be like, "You should play American football shows." So it, I had no idea that if we did more, people would come out. You know? So. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met. We uh, met this in morning. Front of the- oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I th- figured you guys were like old friends from like. We had a J Tree laugh. Yeah, 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 about a half hour ago, but oh yeah, yeah. And there's like some shared mutual history, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, yeah, both went to the J Tree Ringer. Both have the the uh, the bottle ca- <laughs> bottle opener to show for our <laughs> stand. So. Thanks, Tim and Darren. They're putting records out again. That's that's what I hear. That's true. Yeah, that's interesting. yeah. I was I was at a show here, and they were trying to sign. Uh, Tim was here, and he was trying yeah. to sign a band. Mm-hmm. It was a. Uh, Yes. Yeah, like actively, right? Like yeah, trying to sign. like a newer band. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, the '90s are back in full swing. <laughs> J Tree's a thing again. I know, know, but it's like it's. I feel like labels are so much less important now, sort of. Yeah, well, you know, it's you know they they still work as sort of a, a curator or like a you know a branding. So I can understand stand that. And, yeah, and, but, are there are there any labels though, like? You know, like growing up, you're like, oh, I like everything on Epitaph or like everything on Touch and Go or whatever. <clears throat> Are there any labels like that for you now where you're like, if it comes out on a certain label, you're more apt to kind of check it out? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't listen really, to enough music. Yeah. To know. I don't really have that anymore. No, I don't think that exists really. Uh, well, yeah. you know what? Isn't that band uh, or the label, uh, what's it called? Top Shelf. Aren't they, don't they have like their own scene kind of? I mean, they, they I think, like you said, like they've sort of curated this like emo movement thing, yeah i you know. guess that's true Jeez. i don't know the, I feel like yeah. everyone's just looking at chase uh, yeah <laughs> the guy who listens <laughs> to music, <laughs> to music. <laughs> you know about younger bands I'll, I'll pay attention to like what you know like i have friends that work at labels or run labels and i'll pay attention to that and then there's like a few where it's like they're so specific to what they do or it's like southern lord like yeah i may not like everything that they do but it'll probably be heavy if they put it out so i'll check that out but victory a total victory. Waiting for a mirror to get re-signed. Yeah. Like, someone re-signed with a victory? <laughs> yeah. Carry on. Good punchline for anything. Victory record. I know. I know. It's, I feel like it still comes up a lot in my uh, my day to day. Yeah. Well, I mean, really? they're, they're your hometown label, you know. So yeah, but I mean, you know, I was seven when they were putting out records when they started like everybody knew that they were just trouble or whatever yeah i was i was from cleveland so it was like one life crew and integrity and all these bands when i was growing up where like the big bands are all <coughs> on victory yeah one life crew 
Uh, that's a thing to be proud of. <laughs> I was in a band with two of those guys. Really? Chubby Fresh? I was in a band with Chubby Fresh. No way. You were in a band with Chubby Fresh? You're making yeah. all this up. <laughs> and I, I, probably everyone listening to this is like, what is Jonah talking about? Who cares? Yeah, I was in a band. Uh, he actually just stopped following him on Instagram. He has this company called Bike Styles. It's like huh. this, and they make merch. But yeah, I was in a band with him and John Lockjaw, who played bass. <laughs> and there were these like two 300-pound guys who practiced in my basement in like high school. Wow. We were in a straight-edge band called Committed. Huh. Yeah, that's so. a good name for it. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, you started playing in bands when you were. You must have been like twelve or thirteen or something. Yeah. When was Captain Jazz? Captain Jazz <clears throat> was the band that came out of. Uh, my brother started high school and started a band called Toe Jam. Great name. And uh, was that from the video game? Oh no, it was before that. I really? want to say I mean, it, was, it was. It was from the shit that's in your toes. Um, <laughs> and they like played in our basement. And then uh, I would sort of, I like picked up a guitar upstairs and like learned all the songs. And so once I proved I could play all the songs, I was like 12 or 13, 7th grade, 8th grade. Um, they let me be the rhythm guitar player. <laughs> and the other guy was the lead guitar player. It's very clear at that what point. Is, what kind of music was this? Just like skate rock. Okay. Skate rock via uh, Ozzy Osbourne or something. You know, like whatever, like the metal they listen to, but like they're watching like H Street videos, so. Um, and then the drummer had to quit because he was like the football star, the high school football star. So he had to quit to do football more. He used to cut up basketballs and then like hammer nails through them so he can wear like the Kerry King. Was it Kerry King that wore like the spiked thing? The gauntlet. So while I played drums, he had like these spikes <laughs> while we were playing in somebody's backyard. You know, like <laughs> so then uh, I bought a drum set to be the drummer then. And then we called it Cap and Jazz. Changed the name. So it was like my 14 to 18. Wow, that is so crazy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. what's crazy is that all of my old bands are more popular than my current <laughs> bands. And they all just sound like everybody else's high school band. You know, like everybody was in a band. Like, sucks. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a pretty, like, that's a pretty strange situation. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it, it kind of, it's like. It's fun to get to do these like reunion tours and right, sort right. of play the songs again. Um, but it's weird that the stuff I do now doesn't resonate nearly as much as the stuff that I did. Why know, do you think before that is? I knew? Do you think it's just people have had more time? Probably to, like, the music was way it? much better, <laughs> <laughs> way more cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just. A, I mean, it's completely different things. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine anyone. <clears throat> wanting to listen to my high school bands like i feel like they were so shitty exactly no i know they do are you feel your, i mean your high school bands were shitty and so were mine yeah but people love your high school bands now yeah high schoolers maybe you know i don't know i think when they grow up like you know in, in 15 20 years i get to do an owen reunion it'd be awesome that's that's one of the things i kind of wonder about a lot of times it's like you've obviously gone on and continued with these projects as have you know the other people in Captain Jazz, and I think that kind of carries the name on, and then it gives like this sense of time that lapses where the name still pops up and people are it's still on people's radar because you're an active musician. Now. Keep doing it, yeah. But it allows people to have like this sort of nostalgia over it, and it's like, you know, do you realize how many people were at Captain Jazz shows back in the day? Like, right. like don't act like this was like a huge thing that you're all like rallying for to relive because it was know, nothing, yeah. right? It was like everybody's right. It was just playing basements. Yeah. With all the other bands, yeah. It's, I mean, there's all of the bands that we, there's a band called Gage from the suburbs of Chicago that 
were incredible and like every band just they they headlined every basement show you know we were one of the open bands for every show and it's just like crazy that like nobody knows who they are you know what i mean like now yeah did they have any other bands afterwards they yeah they went on you know the drummers uh ryan rapsis who ended up playing he did uphone with his solo stuff oh, okay. i think he played in what's another j tree band he played in some other j tree band for a while i think he's just an incredible drummer like he moved to la and was doing session work and stuff and um five style you know that band no no so what what your chronology is like a little confusing so joan of arc was before american football but they were kind of at the same time yeah joan of arc was uh i I went to college after captain jazz broke up um and then tim sort of started joan of arc in chicago still i was in champaign illinois pygmalion fest um and I would like, you know, on summer breaks or whatever, I would sort of tour with them just because I enjoyed touring. And if I was home, I'd write stuff with them or something. But it was always sort of Tim's band. Okay. And then I did that sort of part-time in and out for like eight years or something. And then American Football started the last year or two of uh, when I was at school with guys from school. So, Gotcha. Yeah. I went to some party in Chicago. I don't know if it was at your house, but there was a room that was just like transistor radios. Um. Hmm. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Oh, like a big loft space? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, you, you know the the label Underdog Records? Uh, Back in the day, like, nobody knows it, but yeah. Um, yeah, they used to be the under, Underdog Loft or whatever, but then my brother ended up living there for like 100 years. with Like people come in and out and stuff, but uh, yeah. What was it, like a New Year's party or something? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was with like David Lewis or something. Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. Um, yeah, that was a that was a great space. Like, they had great parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was... Do you... I mean, you're still based in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. How's that? We just had Brendan Kelly on here, like, last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, You know, I see him uh, every few months. I have one story about him. He doesn't know who I am. <laughs> but my <laughs> wife loves Lawrence Arms and loves him, whatever, from her youth and all that. <clears throat> and we went to an Alkaline Trio show... This is actually two stories in one from the same night. This is a couple years ago, and we were in some, like, side stage box thing. And some girl walked in and, like, looked at me, and I was with my wife. And she's like, oh, you're just going to pretend, like, you don't know who I am? You're not going to say anything or whatever? And just, like, kind of turned around, and my my wife's like, the hell's that about? And I was like, (laughs) I have no idea. And then she apologized, like, 15 minutes later. She's like, oh, I thought you were Brendan Kelly. (laughs) I guess, you know, we both look like dumb Italian guys or something. Um... And then I'm like, and she like laughed, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. My wife, you know, you, th- you think he's cool. So I must be cool. And then he walked in the same box like 15 minutes after that. And he looks just like me, right? Like he looks like <laughs> yeah, me. He does, yeah, I can see it. We both look tired. And yeah, whatever. I can see it. And then, uh, so then after some more beers and stuff, um, I was in the bathroom and I was leaving and he was walking in and I looked at him and I go, you look just like me. And that was it. And I walked past him. <laughs> That's it. That's about all I got for him. What, what, um, what was his response? He just, I don't know. He didn't he <laughs> didn't know what was going on. That sounds about right. Probably, but apparently I was in some, like, box with a bunch of people that know him, you know. Actually, yeah. know, like, everybody seemed to know it. Like, we, you know, it was, like, family of the band and stuff, and they were all good friends, and just me and my wife sitting there. So it's funny that somebody thought they were slighted. That like, <laughs> you fucker, he didn't. <laughs> Should have played along. <laughs> uh, I had a question, you know, about Nate. Um, mm-hmm. 
because Nate used to stay at my house in Cleveland and stuff. And then I remember, and this is totally off topic, but I'm just always wondering about it. Something happened where like he got naked or something and then naked. he went to prison or something. He went like, to prison. It sounded like something <laughs> that seemed like he did something really minor. And then like there was like super crazy consequences They were, who's in the band Make Believe, they were touring with <clears throat> um, Me Without You. Okay. And so I think they were playing some weird venues, you know, like interspersed with the regular clubs and stuff. And this happened to be like, I I wasn't there, but I guess it was like some big like barn church type thing in Oklahoma, I want to say, or Nebraska. And at the end of the show, I guess maybe it didn't sound good or it was like, it was very hot and he plays in a swimsuit. He went to the front of the stage and took his suit off and like wrung it out on the front row, which is rude. <laughs> Admittedly, and like very out of character. Yeah. Like he's such a polite guy. <clears throat> um, but he did that. And then immediately like they called the cops on him for like uh, public disorder or public exposure or whatever. And he was, uh, they really like, they like tried to throw the book at him and charge him with like, uh, Besides, like, uh, what's a statutory rape or not rape, but what's uh, underage, like exposing himself to minors? Like, yeah, he yeah. was so he was like in, he would have to be a registered sex offender, maybe. So he had to like basically go home. They canceled tour, like, they just stopped touring. Um, <clears throat> he would have to drive to court like every five weeks for like six months, you know what I mean? Just like out of his own pocket and just like go to court and then they'd like get to the next step. Um, he was, they, they had assault with a biochemical weapon, like his sweat <laughs> no was assault. Way. Yeah, like the whole town wanted to like hang him. And so he ended up doing like six weeks in a jail in Whoa. Oklahoma or something, yeah. And that, I think he got out in like four or four and a, five weeks or something. But That, that always terrifies me because I remember <clears throat> being like 18 or 19 and like mooning like school buses of high school students and thinking it was hilarious. And now I look at it, I'm yeah. like... I, I could be a registered sex you offender for that. doing yeah. that. Like, and imagine how your life changes. With yeah, it's crazy. Wow. <clears throat> so, and for a while, like if you Googled his name, that article would come up. You know, like his mugshot or whatever. Like, <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I think that's dissipated now that he's done more music stuff and everything. But yeah, um, yeah, it was it was serious for a while. I yeah. mean, like a way bigger deal than it should have been. But that a. Uh... It reminds me of a story, and I've, I've relayed this to Chase, and, and you're going to recognize this, but I remember reading a show review for an Owen show in Seattle, and it was a very positive show review, but they were talking about how people kept yelling out requests, and you're like, I'm not going to do any requests tonight, I'm sorry. And then someone yelled out, fade to black, mm. and you're like, oh, I will play what I know of fade to black, and then you proceed <clears> to play every Metallica riff that you knew. Before Which isn't that many. Before storming off stage and being like, oh, you don't like these fucking riffs? These are fucking million dollar riffs. And that <laughs> was like, the, uh, and in the show review, I mean, maybe you have a different take on this, but the show review made it seem like everyone was like really pretty bewildered by the experience. But uh, no, I, was, I thought that was amazing, especially with like Mark Koslick and all this stuff coming up where it's like, if people are like being obnoxious, like why not just fucking let people know what you think? No, I've, I'm a, a big fan of doing whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand like people pay to see you, but if nobody's listening anyways, then who cares? You know what I mean? They didn't yeah. pay. To, they didn't pay to see me that night. I was opening the show. Um, yeah, uh, a few times my sets have dissolved into me on stage trying to relearn Metallica songs. You know, like just like. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good response. You know, the, uh, I remember at, I opened for Say Anything uh, years ago. I used to tour more, so. 
I used to do more shows opening for bands and stuff. Now, I, you know, eventually I'm like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'll go out and play six shows a year to people that want to see Just it. playing sold-out headliners now. I'm only doing sold-out yeah, headliners. Good move, good move. Once every 20 years. <laughs> well, 37 years, yeah. Um, but at, at their show, like, I mean, that was a young, a really young, loud, fucking dumb crowd. Um, and I just invited a kid to get up on stage and punch me in the stomach because I just assumed that would be more fun than playing my songs. And the kid's like, yeah, you know, like, I'd like pick a kid out of all the kids that wanted to do it. The guy got up there and I let him punch me in the stomach. And then I was like, thanks very much. <laughs> and I actually, I met my wife at a, a opening up a, a show at the Metro in Chicago. Um, I played a few songs and nobody's, I thought I was going to play to nobody. It was like kind of like an early evening show. They asked me to open up for some band I, I'd never heard of at the time. And I got there and it was like a sold out 12 year old crowd, you know, like just a million kids. I was like, this isn't going to be good. Um, and I played a few songs and I was like, ah, oh, you little fuckers, you know, you better watch out. I'm going to be your high school history teacher, you know, next year or whatever. Cause I was ready to stop playing music or whatever. And then I got off stage and my wife was like, oh, you really, you really teach history, high school history? And I'm like, no. She's like, oh, I do. Like, whatever. I didn't know her. You know, I just met her. And I asked her on a date and then she laughed at me and walked away. And then five months later, I met up with her again. And she was backstage with her boyfriend. That's why she walked away. But she ditched that guy. Nice. (laughs) And married the dude that sucked at the Metro. (laughs) The dude that could not hold people's attention. Do you remember what the band was by any chance? Uh, It was a band that I've I've become friends with. They're called Spittlefield. Oh, okay. And uh, I think they're on Victory, actually. And uh, totally (laughs) just resigned. Just (laughs) just, resigned. We're real excited. Yeah, it's going to work out good for them. (laughs) Brian, what do you think of the Mark Kozlik thing? Um, I'm, I'm a minor mark koslick fan i actually don't own anything that he's ever done but like it's one of those things i have friends that like it so when i hear it i'm always like oh it's sad and pretty and i think again I, I think it's the same thing where i'm like i think it's hilarious that he speaks his mind and like isn't afraid to call people out and bump people out and you know with the whole we're on drugs can suck my cock thing it seems like everyone's getting really upset and like really offended by it i'm like i don't know it seems like it's just kind of like him being sort of feisty and funny and it seems way more mellow than most like hip-hop feuds you know (laughs) it's like i think he thinks he's being funny i don't think he ever meant it i mean mean, maybe it was mean but like i don't you know what i mean like i think it like the fact that they sort of like took it personally was like yeah it's their fault you know what i mean like he's i don't know as a guy who plays quiet songs and complains a lot yeah um i saw him in chicago though like a year ago maybe I like his music. I haven't kept up with it, mm-hmm. but I used to like it a lot. And, um, and I know he's an asshole. I've seen him before. He literally asked a guy right in front of him to switch with a girl over there who was hotter because she'd be <laughs> like more inspiration for him while they played. And I was like, that's, I don't know if you're being funny or not. It's so weird. Like, it was so awkward that, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I, I watched half the show and walked out. Like, he was just so weird. Yeah, I've heard stories where he'll go and he'll like, set up his microphone like on stage left and like check everything and then he'll go off stage and so like everyone will gravitate towards stage left and then he'll come on stage and move the microphone to stage right and then play the set there and, like, See, like that kind of stuff i'm like that's that's awesome that's yeah, so yeah. awesome you do yeah. whatever you want that's right like yeah. i mean i think he should do whatever he wants and i think he's he's actually pretty fucking funny and it's also like okay if people don't like it then don't 
listen yeah. to it. I think it's cool. He obviously doesn't care if people. He obviously doesn't care at all. Yeah, it's awesome. There was. What do you think about it? I think it's just. I think people are like reading way too much into it when people are like, "Oh, it's like this culture of male violence." Yeah, and yeah. Like, and all, like that most great thing. I was like, I think the he's just, my dick thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just him being funny. Yeah, I don't think he's. I think just people are just so like so sensitive to everything. And I'm like, this is just some cranky guy that always does shit like this. Yeah, and I and I sort of agree where it's like, yeah, like don't like refer to like women as bitches. Like that's not cool. And like, yeah, there's something definitely something about saying except bitches. Yeah. Well, exactly. If you're, if you're being a bitch, so then, yeah. <laughs> like I, under, I understand all that, but like at the same time, like dude, there's so many like worse things going on in the music world than like a guy writing a joke feud song, like, right? Like everything that's sort of popular on the radio. Yeah, seriously, totally. like so for, much more offensive. As, as a girl, right? I would be like way more offense or uh, offended by like everything that every song on the radio is saying. Yeah, that was like a big thing with like that Opie and Anthony thing, where that dude got kicked off. Do you guys hear about know. this? Uh-uh. One, Open Anthony, I think, Ant, I don't know, whoever, one of the guys, like, was at Times Square and took a picture of some, like, African-American woman or some kind of, and she, like, freaked out on him and, like, t- attacked him, basically. And it's, like, he, he's, like, carries, he's, like, had, like, registered to carry guns and stuff, didn't take his gun out, like, got attacked and then, like, went on Twitter and went on some, like, super racist, like, rant and got kicked off, like, fired from his job and all these people that listen to it are like, it's like serious. And they're like, dude, you guys play like this like crazy hip hop that's like says all the same shit that he said in his rant. And you guys like play it all the time. Yeah. So it's like such a weird double standard where like it's like the context of something. Mm-hmm. Like people will just all of a sudden gravitate to it and not notice it's just it happens everywhere else and they don't care. Yeah. I don't think it hap- like it's not happening. It's being like widely supported. Totally. And like these people are getting rich with like, you know. Maybe it's because it's like like more normal or accepted in certain like maybe yeah, yeah. you're like when i listen to this i expect this so it's okay when yeah. i listen to this i don't expect it so right, right, it's right, right. Uh, offensive yeah i don't know yeah it's like uh, i think that's my whole thing where it's like you know i saw all these critics that were like Koslik saying bitch is like the most offensive thing and it's like dude you guys were just writing about drake <laughs> like, right it's, right it's, right bitch is crazy like what are you like what's what's the why is it acceptable in one why is it acceptable in like a context where it's like normalizing use of the word and unacceptable in a joke song? You know, just to me, it's just kind of a weird double standard. I haven't right. listened to this song though. Is it funny? I haven't listened to it either. I, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, because it sounds like a Mark Coslick. It's like super sad and dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's basically just like this like takedown of ev- everyone that's criticized him in the last, you know, three months but in in a way that's obviously just sort of like you know saying that war on drugs sound like john fogarty or something or like they sound like a beer commercial and it's just like i've never actually heard war on drugs either i haven't either <laughs> yeah i take his i mean i believe and they probably do yeah <laughs> i probably wouldn't like it i, a lot don't, of know. I don't like most stuff everything sounds like beer commercials like everything's sort of like fun sounding you know it yeah, sounds so. like a beer commercial with a lot of reverb on everything so yeah. it's kind of like if you took the reverb off of it it would sound like Something your parents would listen to, but reverb makes it sound indie and hip. Hip now, yeah. Current. Yeah. So, you know, just obscure everything that's actually happening, and people that are stoned will love it. So, Oh, man. So you might like it. Jonah- <laughs> By the way, to add, to add another level to where I'm at, I just realized that this coffee thing I drank was expired. So I feel like that could just take things in a whole new direction. 
<laughs> back back to Gigi Allen, a, a vicious cycle now. Yeah, exactly. Meditation, Gigi Allen. Oh, you know, man. I used to love that stuff, and then I found out it has that carrageenan or whatever. Really? That everyone's talking about how it gives you, like, intestinal ulcers and... Yeah, it does. Early arthritis. All right. <clears throat> um, it's in the it's in the coconut water part or the coffee part. I guess it's. I think it's what bonds the coconut and the coffee together. You don't know. It's, a, it's like a bonding agent. <laughs> wow. It makes it makes things. Otherwise, that are, they wouldn't bond. Yeah. yeah. I should have got like, a Coors Light. Yeah. So much healthier. Yeah. <laughs> for breakfast. So when you're at home, are you you've you have a kid, right? I have two, two kids. kids. How old are they? A five-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. do you like, are you like, I know, you know, Steven's home with his kids now. Like, are you yeah. kind of stay at home when you're home and take care of them? Yeah, or? my wife teaches high school, like I said. Um, and so we, we, yeah, we planned on me staying home. And I think that's part of why I play a lot of the shows. But uh, yeah, I mean, like all morning, I'm just texting my mom like, okay, because she's got to take the kids to school today or whatever, and, you know. You need to leave the house by eight ten. <laughs> you need to drop them off at the at the cones right here and stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, I didn't realize that. It, I mean, two and five. I guess five is like a little more self sufficient because I didn't mm-hmm. realize whenever Steven's on, he's like, you can't really leave them alone ever. No, yeah, I mean, and, and you know what? I could have left her alone at two. Like, I could have had got a part time job, and she could have just like taken care of herself. But <clears throat> the boy's different, so yeah, <laughs> you can't leave him alone. <laughs> so yeah. He hits his head every hour on something. <laughs> it's unbelievable. This is the this is the two year old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, you know he's two. He's two. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I think that's normal. Yeah. Corey Brandon was here uh, last week, and he was he has a kid that I think is like one or something, and it had like a, a black eye, and he like asked his wife, he's like, "Oh, it's so badass! How did you get? How did you get the black eye?" And she's like, "He fell on a book." It's <laughs> 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 like the most badass way. <laughs> It's gonna be trouble. Yeah. You kinda of fight with the book. <clears throat> you should see the other book. Yeah, it's weird. Like even just this weekend, all of us in American football have kids and I sort of know what this is like. Like I still come out on weekends and play a show sometimes. <clears throat> but uh, you know, the other guys, I don't you know, this is like a, a totally different thing for them. So I'm like ex- I'm excited to sort of see through their eyes like not only am I going to play a show, but it'll be like a popular, crowded show, you know, which is, I mean, that's new for me, but I also can project what it would be like <laughs> from what I do. Uh, yeah, and we all, you know, there's babysitters involved and just planning it is totally not rock and roll at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know, it's crazy about, like, I saw Owen, I don't can't remember, he was at Mercury Lounge a few years ago, and I just remember, like, there might not, everyone there was, like, so into it like i feel like you don't see a lot of audiences i feel like usually i go to show even if it's like dave Bazan or something like people are talking it's like super i felt like everyone was like yeah it's that's what i mean that's what i said like now i kind of leave the house if i know if i can control the sort of environment and control all the variables um otherwise i don't enjoy it at all i get real sweaty and i'm like what the fuck am i doing here and i start playing metallica songs yeah Damn. um and it's also like but it's also people's right to talk or you know what i mean like at some point, you know, I used to kind of get like, I used to be like, hey, if someone's talking next to you, tell them to shut up. But I'm like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? That's not, they're here to enjoy themselves. Do you ever like, what if someone's like, 
heckling you or like does it ever oh happen? i like that yeah it's fine yeah yeah because i know we talked last time i saw you was with my sister and we we're talking we we're talking about comedy a lot i mean i feel like it's a kind of a similar dynamic especially when it's just you up there yeah yeah, yeah. no i'm open to right i mean maybe you know in between songs i'm down for whatever yeah. if i start a song maybe and it's you know whatever like i said what people can do whatever they want um no i'm down for it. i'd rather have some sort of interaction my i always like if i play a show I ask every show, like, does anybody want to talk about anything or anybody have anything to say or anything? If I play a show and nobody interacts, then, like, I feel like it didn't happen. You know, like every maybe people that came to the show might take the songs away. But for me, I've played those songs one million times, and I don't know. So I like to have, I like, you know, I'd rather have, like, oh, Seattle, it shall suck. I remember that. <laughs> like, that was, that was awesome. You know, like, actually every seattle show i've ever played sucked so i remember all of them um, oh. <laughs> i don't know why there's like a i feel like when i used to tour out there with bands there was a, a lot of bands doing like i used to love like dave Bazan and all that stuff like that whole scene i was like oh these are like kindred spirits like this really? sort of slow quiet shit <clears throat> but whenever i play out there it sucks really mm-hmm so I don't go back there anymore. <laughs> like, it's not worth me going out there and playing anymore. I think Seattle had, for a while had this weird sort of dichotomy where it was either you, you played, there's a club called the Vera Project, which was very quiet and very, like, everyone was like, there was no alcohol involved. So I think that was a big part of it. But it was like, you could hear a pin drop in between songs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it felt really awkward to play there because it was like, are people here? Are people right. excited? Are, are right, people right, right. asleep? Yeah. And then the flip side of that was you'd play, you know, like on Capitol Hill at Numo's or Chop Suey or the Comet and people would just be wasted. Mm -hmm. And it was like, all right, like, are you guys paying attention or is this just like your night out? It's just right. I think that's where I kept getting slotted. But I have one of my good friends lives in Portland that I would love to see more often. And he's always like, just set up a show. And I'm like, I'll lose money. Like, it's like I can't justify it. Like how many how many cities in the United States do you feel like are good for you to play? Because I feel I feel like for most bands they're lucky if they have like ten cities or like that's oh. that's, that's a good city. Like we like playing that city most of the time. It's, yeah, I probably got like five or something. Yeah, it's like places that you play to like break up the drives in between. See, I don't do the drives anymore though. That's like I mean, it it wasn't all luck. Like I sort of planned it. Like I mm. married a teacher, and then I'm I like cooking and stuff, so I'm home with the kids, and I enjoy all that. And it's basically just an excuse to not do like the proper tours where, you know, you had to drive Mm -hmm. from Chicago to LA and play everything in between, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just sort of don't play those anymore and it's fine. Like I don't miss playing in uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. (laughs) I do like Albuquerque. That's a weird, that's one place I kind of like. All right. I mean, there's places I miss going, but not playing shows or whatever. So now we can just take family trips there or something. Yeah. I don't know. LA. San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Philly, Boston, yeah. DC, maybe. Yeah, and I mean the go. same as every band, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like maybe if markets. I get to Orlando now, because it's been a couple of years, it'd be good. Yeah, it was good for a while, and then who knows? Yeah, I feel like there's always this like mythical, like awesome small town that you play, and there's like a packed basement full of kids, and it's like, oh, this is like. You know, the hidden treasure in the middle of nowhere. Did you ever play, what is that town in uh, North Carolina on the water there? Myrtle Beach? Wilmington. Wilmington. I don't think there I There was a did. couple years in a row, I was playing with Joan of Arc, I think, and 
it was above a dentist office. Like just some like big open space. And it was like the sweatiest, most fun shows. And like everybody goes swimming in the ocean after, you know, like just, you know, like I remember being like 22 or three mm-hmm. and be like, I'm coming to Wilmington once a year for the rest of my life. And then, you know, three years later. Yeah. I'm like, I never need to come here again. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of those, for like that little moment, that city was so awesome. I think there's like a sort of a shift in the the music community where, and, and maybe it just comes with age and being, you know, more interested in music made by like 30 year olds. But I feel like when I was young and touring, like a lot of the interesting things were happening in the suburbs, you know, like LA was fine, but like Orange County was, that's where the shows were happening and like, or like up in Santa Barbara or, you know, it's like, uh, like San Francisco is kind of hit or miss, but Santa Cruz will be awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tacoma was cooler than Seattle and so forth. And I feel like now that sort of disappeared. Like everyone's like those little pockets of like bored suburban kids who are like making shit happen has been replaced by like, you know, everyone gravitating towards the cities and i think the cities have gotten cooler though definitely like you can you know like i never liked la as much as i do now you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. in my 20s i mean i guess i don't know maybe they were the same and like you said now that we're older we appreciate i don't know i feel like every city now like there's so many much like every venue you're like oh i'm gonna walk down the street to that awesome bar or that awesome restaurant everywhere you go now Mm -hmm. and it didn't used to be you know used to like get somewhere and be like there's one place in town yeah, that you know, I know they have a good sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah. I can. I've been back. I've had to go back to Cleveland like three times this summer, mm-hmm. and it's like every time I go there, there's like cool bars, Cleveland, like good restaurants, right. and yeah. I'm like, and everyone's like, and my rent's like still like three hundred dollars. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Even even Cleveland, <laughs> even Cleveland. <laughs> I like Cleveland. Yeah, I like it too. Um, Do you know uh, Tony from Aloha? You know, band Aloha. Yeah, my old band played with them a few times. I, I like would probably recognize them, but I don't yeah. really know them super well. He's back in Cleveland. I know. He's oh, really? Playing. Yeah. A lot of people are going back. Yeah. And it seems awesome. Um, one of your old bandmates did my taxes for a long time. Davey? Yeah. Oh yeah. And he was the best accountant I ever had. Why? Why'd you, why'd you fire him? He left and went to like a bigger oh. place that only did corporate stuff, but yeah. he had to actually. I had to get records on some stuff, and he was like, dude, I don't have these emails. And I was like, why? He's like, you always ask me about the promise ring and Captain Jazz, and he's like, I, my boss can't see this. Like, I'd be like, nothing feels good, like a tax return, right? Like, what's my tax return like? And he was like, it's me, so I'm always, and then I'm like, so what to do with this vinyl thing? And he's like, yeah, so it's this, but anyways, you owe that, like, and he was like, all of your emails will have some weird pun or joke. And he was like, my boss, like, and I was like, all right, fair. How did you find him? Did I got like from... it was in Milwaukee. I got recommended through. Uh, you lived there? No, but like it was through like Trevor Kelly. He was doing like a. It was actually the weird part is that I started working with this with this firm before Davey worked there mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, and then one day I just got an email like get your stuff in order. And it's from David Von Bolen, and I just like wrote back. I was like, "Are you David from the Promise?" He's like, "Uh huh." And I was like, "This is so cool." <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Get your stuff in order, dude. <laughs> and then it was years of like, yeah, me just like just berating him over email, and then he left. That's awesome. Yeah. I just got berated by his like eight year old kid. I play him in fantasy football, and he was killing me one week, <laughs> and he would just send me quotes from his son, like just like. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding, Kirk Cousins? Like, whatever. I'm just like, your kid's saying this little shit? Like, <laughs> but I was getting beat so bad I couldn't even respond. Do you get really Do you get really into it? 
I get a little into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a dad. What else am I supposed to get into? <laughs> Chase, what's your excuse? <laughs> yeah, I feel you like I have a kid. lot of friends like Chase, like who are just who are really into fancy football. Mm-hmm. He, he's we played each other like the last like three weeks on and off. We're in like three leagues together yeah. or something. Yeah. He's beat me every time. Wow. And we tied once. Yeah, and then then they took my well, I won, and they took points away, and we tied. Yeah, I don't know. You don't play? I don't play, but my dad, like, when I was, like... What's a, his email? <laughs> I'll get you his info. He, his team won one year, at, and there was, like, 50 or 100 <laughs> teams, and they got these custom-made jackets with their team name. Whoa. It was Leroy Kelly. So it was, like, this uh, Cleveland Browns player, I guess. And, yeah, he was, like, they won all this money and got these jackets. Awesome. It was pretty cool. Uh, so I just kind of basked in the glow of that and never yeah. did it myself. <laughs> he lives in the show. Still riding on that. <laughs> yeah. Right there one time, my dad... <laughs> They got a jacket. <laughs> yeah. It's totally true. What about you, Brian? You get into the, the fantasy? I know this is a controversial topic so we're hitting right now, but... Uh, I, I, I There's, like, usually one football game a year I'll try to watch just to, like, be a part of something. Yeah. And, like, I... You my, missed it this year? My <laughs> eye, like, gravitates towards the wall behind the TV, and then I, like, <laughs> think about other things, like, like, oh, I need to do laundry. How often um, do you tour? Me? Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. I'd say like four or five months out of the year. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I try, but like I'm, I'm, I think I have too much like ingrained like, like a, like punk, like anti-sport rage <laughs> instilled from like being 14 and like yeah. listening to Void and Seven Seconds too much. And like, oh no, organized sports, man. It's like, it's fucked up. Like, why is it fucked up? I don't just fucking uniforms and bullshit. And like, yeah, well, you're wearing the same thing all your friends are wearing. So. <laughs> like, yeah, like, nobody made me do it though. I chose to wear what all my friends are wearing. I picture you just like fantasizing about like effects pedals or something. Uh, no, I don't know what. I don't know what. What my, do you fantasize about? Yeah, what do you fantasize about, Brian? Um, like. Football, but like the locker room after the football <laughs> game, where everyone's like just lathered up. It's like it's just like the linebackers, you know. The, no, I don't know, Jonah. What do you fantasize about? Oh man, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I was thinking about this morning. I was listening to, when I was listening to Gigi. I was like, I was in this band in high school uh, called DAF Militia, which stood for Drunk as Fuck, uh, <laughs> but I was straight edge. <laughs> Made sense at the time, like perfect sense. It's these two twins who had mohawks, whatever. But we used to cover like Gigi Allen, like I want to fuck myself, and like I, w- I turned into a Martian, like all these misfit songs. And I was like listening to this morning. I was like, I was literally fantasizing, like I should start a band that just covered these bands now, and like even if no one came, it would be so fun. It'd be so fun, right? right? I know. And I yeah, and I have this this friend, this girl who's really into I it. I play like, drums. Yeah, we need oh, a drummer. Yeah. I just have a singer. I just, I'm in. Yeah. We'll Skype it. We'll do it. Yeah. Brian, bass, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I just that's that's the kind of shit I fantasize about. Like, <laughs> that's actually that would be exactly my answer. Yeah, just being a punk band. Yeah, yeah an actual right. Exactly, it'd be fun. Yeah, it seems so fun. It's crazy how much like being in a band, especially as an adult, like there's so much more stuff you to think about, and it's so much business, so much email, like everything just seems so complicated sometimes. I think. Yeah, it definitely seems like it gets. M- more difficult as time goes on yeah like like even like breaking down gear now i'm like 
this used to take me like five minutes and now it takes me an hour, an hour and a half. Like, what the, f- like, you know, like band finances was like, oh, it used to be so much easier when like, it's like, well, I just don't have any money. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. We there, didn't make there, any money. Yeah, yeah, so there's no finances to take care of, you know. We sold $160 in merch, $30 each. <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, when this American football stuff got brought up, you know, we were, I was like, well, let's just, we don't need like an accountant or like anything. Let's just take the money and we'll pay people who need to get paid. And like a week in, I was like, fuck, like, I'm so glad we, you know, somebody else is doing this. Chase is helping and other people are helping because it's ridiculous. Like this stuff, it's like, it's such a different thing than it used to be. But And there's more fingers in the pot and, you know, like there's. Yeah, way more logistics involved than just rolling up in your parents' van. Yeah, and it's just like, it's a real thing. There's contracts and all the, it used to just be like somebody, you know, would tell you the address and you show up here by seven. Yeah, and you'd get there at And you get there and you're like, has anybody got a drum set? And they're like, oh yeah, we got one. Yeah, cool. Okay, I'll play that. And Yeah. I mean, do you guys miss that at all? I mean, because I feel like parts of it n- of now are so much better. Like it's like having GPS, like you know, oh, yeah. like just being lost aimlessly driving around. <laughs> See, I, didn't, I didn't know then, but I I I long to be lost. Yeah. I think that'd be so fun. If all I had to do was be lost and then maybe find the house that had the show that night, and then go swimming afterwards with the kids at the show. You know what I mean? Like that sounds awesome. Totally more fun than like loading at four. Sound check. Uh, you have two hours before doors to not get too drunk, right? Yeah. Uh, because they're paying you real money. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it used yeah, to be yeah. like, well, whatever. You know, like so. Yeah, you can't fuck up. If you fuck up, then you feel bad. You feel it's, bad, it's actually. Not, yeah, it's not like you're just like, <laughs> oh, oh, whatever. Because it's also if you fuck up, it's documented yeah, too. Yeah, oh, yeah that's like, true. You see it the next day, yep. and your mom sees it the next day. <laughs> like everything, whatever. Like yeah. So I I I kind of missed that, what it was. I remember uh, I think it was the first time I came to New York with a band, and this was probably in '96. We played, I think we played CBGBs. This or, was with Botch. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know it was back before cell phones. It was back before you know laptops and GPS and all that stuff. And so all of our information was in a spiral bound notebook. That had like phone numbers for all the kids doing the shows, and then like directions for the shows that we'd gotten so far. And I remember we were on Bowery somewhere, and we had to stop and find a payphone to call the next venue or the promoter for the or the kid whose house we were playing. You know, <laughs> like yeah, finding out how to get to their house from the Lower East Side. As so we made this phone call, and then took off, and uh, realized at some point later that we had left the notebook on top of the phone booth so it's like oh we just like everything we what just do you do? lost yeah. everything fuck and i don't even remember what we did we somehow managed to persevere through all of it and it was fine um but the the show had been with us in this band spark marker who were from vancouver mm-hmm. and we were from seattle and they wound up coming through seattle like six months later to play a show and we were there hanging out with them and one of them handed over the spiral bound notebook I'm like, oh, yeah, we had to go call, you know, the next venue. We used this payphone and found the spiral bound notebook and, like, holy shit, flip through it and put it together that it was probably you guys. So that's here, here's crazy. Your notebook. It's like, that's such a weird phenomenon. Of would, all the payphones in yeah. New York, wow. yeah. Would never happen in, no. you know, today's world. But, yeah, that's cool. Right. Um, They're like, this must be from 
the other dudes who are doing this. Yeah, like, yeah. one of the other people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now it's, yeah, it would never happen. Like, we were, me and my partner were watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles last Thanksgiving, and it was like, this is like such an outdated, this is like a period piece where like none yeah. of these problems exist anymore. Yeah. And like, you just get on your phone and you would call a car <laughs> rental company. You wouldn't like ride in the cab of a rednecks pickup truck. And yeah. Dude, I was, yeah, I was telling the other night, my first band, we rented a van in and drove in college and drove somewhere. And the other guitar player went back some to like upstate New York and had the keys to the rental and had left with the other band and we had no way of getting in touch with them, so we just had a rental van at, like, midnight with no keys, and the keys were, like, in another state, and we couldn't be right. like, hey, dude, come bring them. So we had to pay, like, 300 bucks for a locksmith to come out at, like, 1 in the morning and make a key. It would have been fixed in two seconds. Right. Um, Turn around, yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like movies like Planes, Change Automobiles, like, I feel like they couldn't even, like, really make movies like that anymore. Like, I don't know. I feel like everything is so... Like, kind of, I don't know, maybe they do, but I feel like a movie like that that's just kind of dark, but also funny and has, like, a star like that who isn't, like, super, like... Attractive. Attractive. Like, yeah. it's like, you look at Obama, it's like, we're never going to have a president like Ronald Reagan again. Like, I've talked about this before, like, and you look at, like, pop music, and it's like, every, it's based on how everyone looks, yeah. basically. Like, I feel like those kinds of really real things are kind of, like, not... Wait, why won't we have a, a Reagan? I just think we won't have like an old, He's old, old guy. Old, I just think we just won't have like an eighty-year-old president again, or like an old guy. McCain like, came close. McCain came close, sort of. But I feel um, like now, every, you know, the Republicans are running. You know, right, 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 right. Like I just feel like to, in order to keep that up, like right, you want to, you want the more cool, more. young, good-looking guy, no matter what party you're on. And McCain like kind of came ahead when he signed on the attractive alaskan governor and then <laughs> yeah she started talking and then the popularity, popularity exactly was, exactly you know. but i think that's why like they knew that like that they needed that in order to compete with right him. yeah they knew he was too old yeah which is uh i don't know what that has to do with john candy but yeah I, that's a great movie i guess it's like and i feel like i don't see a lot of movies like that anymore yeah it, it was it was we watched it on thanksgiving and we were we were both stoned and it was like you know, it was chemically enhanced, I'm sure, but it just felt like the most, like, like, insightful look into, like, the pre-internet culture. We're like, oh, my God, just think about, like, the implications of what this means. Like, think about how, like, none of this would ever happen anymore. And it was like, What year is that movie? Yeah, what year is that movie? I think it's 80, I don't know, maybe 80. So not 80, even close, 80-something, yeah, yeah, 87 yeah. or something. Or... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Over Overthinking. You know, a fluff. I need to know, watch it now. I have to rethink know, me planes, too. trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Me too. Put, put yourself in the proper headspace, and yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, we'll have a we'll have a movie club meeting about it afterwards. We'll discuss the major themes, and then we can listen to Gigi Allen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that sounds like such a good day. Isn't that what your day is, man? Yeah, uh, this is what I imagine. Like, if you don't have kids, I just think you guys do whatever the fuck you want to do all day. You know, it's weird. It seems that way, and it seems like that's what I should be doing. Yeah, but you find like dumb errands or like annoying stuff to like fill your time, no matter what. Podcasts, podcasts. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. When you're home, do you, what do you do? You just because I'm not really like I I'm not on tour that much. Like you're much more. Yeah, it, it takes me you know a little while to catch up with everything, and then and then it's just like really mundane, not cool things. I feel like I'm supposed to be you know like 
holed up in a studio, like right, right, right. practicing, or, and it's like no, <laughs> no I, it's my I don't. Yeah, I, I do laundry. I go to the grocery store. I do more cooking. You know, and it's just like you know. Like, I bet you watch True Detective. I did watch True See? Detective. <laughs> you assholes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not missing much. I know. I heard the end ruins the whole thing. It's kind of like a philosophical CSI. You know? <laughs> I, be- I bet you watch CSI. I've never seen it. <laughs> so can you just never watch TV? Basically? No, I watch TV like... from like 9 to 11. But okay. uh, during like football season or, you know, most of the time sports and I try to watch a couple shows. That's like, I'll get like, if my mom takes the kids for like an afternoon or something, like I'm going to a movie by myself. Like, yeah. That's my dream, is to just, like, go to a movie every day. How often do you, do you pull out your guitar and you're like, I'm going to fuck around with this? I, I pick it up every day, but yeah, both kids sort of just, like, throw their hand on it. They're just like, eh, like they don't want to hear it, so. <laughs> um, that's the other thing, like, you know, I could, like, to write a new record or something, I have to, like, put the kids down and then go to a practice space and make myself be inspired you know, for a couple hours and then get back, you know, home and I don't know. So I think that's like the, that's the hard thing. Cause I feel like from, I don't know, maybe it's different for other people, but for me, I think creatively it's like, it has to be something that you're constantly working on in order to like make it work. If you just mm-hmm. try to pick it up right after like time away from it, it's like, this fucking sucks. This idea sucks. All this, all these ideas all are the- fucking <laughs> terrible. Like, why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. You know, if you sort of dive in, like that's how, when I make a record, like every two years, I'll be like, these are the dates I'm recording. And then once I have the date set, I'm like, well, shit, I need to go in with something. And then, you know, that week and a half, like, I feel very productive and very good about it. I get excited about it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, afterwards, you're like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. But So, I mean, when you, when you go in to the studio, do you not have everything fleshed out? or Yeah, it's usually sort of sketches. Yeah. I demoed the drums for the last record on, like, my kid's little toy drum kit. Like, That's I literally awesome. had, like, you know, I didn't want to go to my space and set up a whole drum set and, and yeah. mics and all this stuff. So I put, like, one mic, or my phone, I have, like, a four-track thing. Mm-hmm. I recorded the guitar to a click track, and then it's, like, a tiny toy kit, and I just sat and played the whole song of the kit. And so, obviously, it sounded like crap, and but, you know, got the job done. That's kind of awesome. I, I, how, do you, I mean, how do you feel about going into the studio and fleshing things out there as opposed to like having everything sort of ironed out and then laying it out. Cause in my experience, like sometimes both can be kind of gratifying. There, there can mm-hmm. be something really awesome about seeing the song come together while you're recording it and being able to like toy with it. But then there's also that, that weird nagging sense where it's like, well, I could have I know. maybe done something cooler if I had actually <laughs> yeah. spent some time. No, I know. <laughs> that's, how, that's sort of what, I, like, later I usually regret, like, well, that's probably not the coolest thing. That's, like, what came out in the studio, but I could have, yeah. Um, there's, like, I don't know. It, it sort of depends. Sometimes, sometimes in the studio, I'm like, this would not have come out mm-hmm. on my own. So this is awesome. Like, just sonically or whatever, whatever, like, like a percussion thing or something, like, whatever broken symbol you had at the studio, like, that mm-hmm. makes the song for me, you know? <laughs> And you can't just sit at home like, oh, I need a broken symbol right there. <laughs> um, but there's definitely parts that, yeah, I think need more time. I wish I had the time to sort of like sit with everything and do all the details. But uh, Yeah, then you can also overwork it to death and rob yeah. it of some of its character. How does it work with 
Because I feel like this, your records are kind of really, especially the last one, so complex. Like I feel like there's so many multiple parts happening on top of each other. That one was a, a lot of it was fleshed out in the studio. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I was asking because I feel like, like sometimes I think it's really gratifying to like be able to like hear things <clears throat> through like the studio ear and mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, now I know what it's actually going to sound like on the record as opposed to like banging it out in a practice space or on, you know, in a basement and then like hearing it back for the first time being like, oh, that's fucking Layering terrible. shit while you're in the studio. Right. It's yeah, yeah. so easy and fun. Yeah. You're like, give me another pass and you do like the harmony and, and whatever. Yeah. You just. Yeah. Yeah. You can try something out, see what it sounds like and, you know, form it that way. But at the same time, I feel like it's also one of those things where you can make all these like little impulsive decisions and then it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. And then like you, you know, master the record and you, you come back on. to it and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh man, like, is that really the best idea? Like I, I drank like two cups of two pots of coffee at that point and was just like super jazzed on it. And maybe if I had like spent a week like toying with other ideas, it could no, be a lot yeah, or you changed the whole song. That's what I I find like later. I'm like, that's a weird song. <laughs> like, why did yeah. when did that come out? Like, yeah. So I don't know. Like, it's my favorite thing to do is record, and it's also like the most stressful because I just don't have time to do it. But yeah. Actually, How long do you guys take to do an album? Like a month? Do you have like a, a huge block that we usually take? Usually take a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have we sort of have that luxury. The other thing I think is kind of weird is that you know in the past, um, in my experience, it was like you needed time because you weren't very good at what you're. You know, you're always sort of playing past your ability. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm gonna like I wrote this thing. You're doing 100 takes. Yeah, I'll do 100 takes. Maybe I'll get it right once. <laughs> yeah. And then when I play it live, it won't matter because I'll be fucking rolling on the floor or whatever. <laughs> and now it's like, well, that that's not really the issue. Now it's just like, like, am I going to second guess every decision that I make? And then, you know, the, the pressure feels way more creative as opposed to like technique-wise. The performance, yeah. Yeah. In some ways, that's kind of nice because it's like, oh, like I'm not worried about like fucking up a part anymore. I'm not like sweating bullets while I'm trying to track a, a thing. But like existentially in the bigger picture it's like oh am i a fraud right. <laughs> like, am i a that's why i mean like big picture stuff like do i like that song you don't yeah. even like i'll finish a thing and it's it, the record's out and i'm like i don't like that song at all like I, I yeah yeah i feel like everyone probably feels like a fraud though no matter what they're doing i feel like i feel like i never have any idea what i'm doing with anything yeah, Does yeah imagine ever- like we do cool shit and we feel like frauds imagine people who don't go do cool shit. Yeah, totally. But like, does that ever go away or is that like a positive thing or is that just... It's probably positive. Yeah. Just to have some like sense of self. You know, the people who are like super confident are probably assholes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, what's that like, Chase? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's probably a good thing, yeah. Yeah, I think it it can be a good thing too. Um, Was it, I feel like a problem I have a lot with recording is when I haven't played in a band in a while, listening back, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, what was it with the American football? Was there any parts where you're like, I, hard for you to play? Or we all learned it, like, separately. Okay. Um, And so I relearned all my songs in different tunings than they were in. Like, I don't know. I mean, not all of them. Some of them were probably the same. Really? But, uh, yeah, I just, like, some of them I definitely, like, we got, we got together, and the other guitar player, Steve, is like, there's no way you play that song in that tuning, you know? But I'm like, oh, why didn't I? This is so much easier. <laughs> like, <whatever. laughs> like, this totally is how I would play it now. So I just sort of relearned them. Yeah. And I also had to learn them. I never really 
we didn't play many shows, so I never sang the songs and played them, or I did very little. So I sort of had to learn them in a way while I, so I can sing while playing. Was that challenging, or did you kind of pick it up? It's challenging. <laughs> I, I can't sing, so just singing in general is challenging. So. <laughs> what what tuning are most of these songs in? For you they're now? like they're all over. Really? A lot of them are like uh, well, the ones I'm singing on, we dropped a half step most of them, just so okay. I can hit some notes. Um, so a lot of them are like kind of an open D sharp chord with like a couple strings. Like was that D A D F sharp A D? But yeah, 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 yeah. Except, okay. well, that'd be up a step because they were from E. Though oh, right. we had them open okay. as E for some reason on the record. But like on a one of the songs, you know, like one of the songs, the D string has to go down to an E or not an E. Like it has to go down to an A or something. Like it's like ridiculous. <laughs> like, well, that must be how I did it because it sounds right. But so we're paying a guy to tune our guitars and nice. <laughs> Are, are a lot a, easier now. Do you have a guitar world? Do you have like a whole rack of... Uh... We got... No, nah, not as... It's not crazy. Yeah. I mean, Mike's... Yeah, we got a tech that brought some gear and stuff, but... Do we have a boat, by the way? Yeah. We, do have a boat. we need a boat. Nice. That's awesome. I've always wanted, <laughs> awesome. I've always wanted a boat. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Those are so cool looking. Well, you guys want to come check it out sometime? Yeah. You let me know. It's not a... It's a guitar boat. You, I didn't make that clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no. I, I, I want small. a real boat. Yeah. <laughs> I my sights real low. I, I, I bought two boat. different boats that fell apart like really? after like two shows because really? I always get like the like ten dollar boats and then it's like <laughs> yeah the screws fall out and well we only need to play three shows at a time so we'll buy the cheap one right? yeah <laughs> why splurge can I have your boat when you're done with it with these <laughs> sure yeah sweet pretty sure we rented this one ah oh, goddamn <laughs> we'll yeah. leave it in Chicago for you. I want a real boat. <laughs> Me too, man. Yeah. That sounds more fun than a guitar boat. Do people have boats in Chicago? Hmm? Do people have boats in Chicago? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a big lake there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, in Cleveland, I, there's like, I don't know anyone that actually has a boat, but I know like yeah. if you drive past, the, there's like sailboats. You see, right. You see them, but I'm like, who there's are these proof, people? But yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot of people with boats, but yeah. There's a lot of boats sitting there. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like... Cleveland's on God. This is embarrassing. Dude, I'm the worst at geography. So it's on Lake Erie, right? Right. Yes. So like up until maybe 15 years ago, you didn't really want to go sailing on Lake Erie, right? Yeah, but it's probably pretty gross. It's probably still kind of gross. Yeah. What happened 15 years ago? Well, isn't it like just totally algae covered until like this millennium? Yeah, it's pretty gross. I mean, you can still eat fish out of there, um, but yeah, it's it's it doesn't have the best reputation. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> that could explain some of the 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 dearth in, in boating on, on Lake Erie, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Some of these people though, they have boats. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna edit out this whole ending section. It's great up Nailed. till then, though. Yes, thanks, guys. All right, that was Mike Kinsella. That was Mike Kinsella. I don't know why I'm yelling. <laughs> and I got to say, that was way better than talking about, um, you know, elementary school auctions. Dude, you have no, there's going to be, there's podcasts devoted to elementary school auctions and you know it. <laughs> I hope, I hope that never is what this podcast becomes. <laughs> really? This week on yes. preschoolauctions.com. <laughs> Ugh. <Got it. laughs>
No, Mike, Mike is amazing. And you forget how many bands he was actually in. Like, I look at my CD list. I'm like, oh, shoot. I think he plays on, like, you know, a good chunk of records that I have here. Yeah, and if you go to an Owen show, like, everyone is so into it. Like, they're, it's, like, totally silent. Like, his fans are so into him. That always weirds me out when people are so quiet. I mean, I like it because it's kind of what I want. I remember going to a Wilco show one time and everybody was sitting down and it was great. Yeah. Except for one fucking clown in a torn, like, khaki baseball hat standing up by himself. Like, not in my eyeline, so I, I could see fine, but just enough so it was fucking annoying. <laughs> and he just kept getting madder and madder at the crowd being like, come on, everybody stand up. And um, so I started throwing nickels at him because I'm an adult. Did he throw any uh, nickel back? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> he drops a segue, but he picks up the pun. Uh, speaking <laughs> of saving money. Uh, yes. Have you guys heard of Commonwealth Press? No, tell me about it. What do they do? They print merch, t-shirts. Uh, we used to have some going off track merch, but no one bought it. <laughs> So no, they, they bought everything but the double XL. <laughs> yeah. If you guys if you guys are interested in buying merch, let us know. We're not gonna print it unless you guys tell us there's an interest in it. Please. Or if you're big or PHAT, <laughs> get in touch and we'll we still get, have we'll those send you a shirt. Do we still have those? There's a giant there's a giant box in my basement. Is is um, the box itself giant? Yeah. In fact, if you order one, we'll give you two. But if you order from CW Press, Commonwealth <laughs> Press, they're going to add six free shirts to your order. So if you're a band getting ready to go on tour, everything helps. So hit cwpress.com slash podcast for more info. That is Commonwealth Press Screen Printing and Design, cwpress.com. Check out everything they have going on. And while you're on the internet checking that out, check us out. Uh, we're on fa- Facebook. You can leave us a positive comment on iTunes or on Twitter. So, yeah, support us. Or you, can go just, to our, you can go to our little website and hit that donate button, which some of you have. I, yeah. have. I have a nice little list I've been compiling of thank yous that we have to put together for donors from 2014. And we're starting 2015 right. We have one. Nice. So thanks to that one person, thank whoever you. you are. You're super cool. Um, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 